Ravens, welcome back to the Talking Raven podcast. My name is Stanley Philippe. This is a bonus episode of the podcast. Yes, season three came to a conclusion a few weeks ago, but there's so much happening that we just couldn't stay away for too much longer. Yes, if you are an Ontario High School student, by the time you hear this episode, you'll either be gearing up to make your post-secondary selection, you'll be frantically trying to figure things out on decision day, which is June 1st, 2023, or you'll be post that date and you'll have hopefully comfortably made a decision that's right for you. And of course, being a Carleton employee, a Carleton graduate, uh, just a general fan of Carleton University, I hope that your path brought you to our school. Um, But if not, I really hope that the last few months were filled with inspiration, with information, and ultimately with decision-making that, again, fit your story. And if you were paying attention this year, our podcast was all about storytelling, telling the story of you, the grade 12 student, looking at not only post-secondary as the next phase of your academic journey, but most importantly, a next step towards your passionate pursuits. And the inspiration for us between behind the storytelling vibe or era, as I like to say, uh, that we were in in the season uh, came from someone who has uh, quite a reputation as a storyteller. Uh, our guest today is Fahad Al-Hatab, and Fahad is an award-winning leadership speaker, coach, and consultant. He also is a graduate from Carleton University's uh, political science program. He served as president of the Carleton University Student Association uh, for two terms. He started up a lot of different um, companies, uh, organizations, student-run startups, really helped them in their pursuit, and is now uh, tasked with the mission of giving folks the right tools, the right skill set, the right understanding of self to develop amazing stories. And and I, I really, really want you to listen closely to the, the jewels, the gems that Fahad will share during this episode because I think you can gain a lot from it as you uh, gear up for your post-secondary experience to begin in a few short months. So without further ado, I present to you our conversation with Bahad. My guest today is someone who has such an amazing Carlton connection. He's built a legacy, a identity, a story, if you will, uh, through his years, not only at Carlton, but but post his undergraduate experience. I'm, of course, talking about Fahad, who is a, an amazing person. And I'm just so excited for you all to hear from uh, the man himself. So, Fahad, first of all, thank you for doing this. How are you doing today? Thanks, Stanley, for having me. I appreciate it. That kind kind introduction. That was a very that was a very kind introduction. I'm doing well today. I'm I'm coming off uh, I'm coming off a fun personal trip from Egypt. So I'm I'm feeling rested. I'm feeling good, and I'm excited to kind of walk through. Uh, the different pieces. You, you had me reflecting and reminiscing as I was reading through some of the questions about my Carlton days. So I, I'm excited to, to, to have a fun conversation. 
Yeah, well, let's reminisce. Let's start with the beginning. Like, tell me, when did you decide that Carlton uh, was going to be the right place for you to pursue post-secondary? And, and how did you come up with that decision? Yeah, that's a that's a it's a good question. It's, I guess I was reflecting on it. I mean, the first time Carlton really came into my perspective, or where there's two main events that kind of really taken. One, my, my my siblings went to Carlton. My older siblings went to Carlton, so you know, a few a few drop offs and and pickups with you know with me in the car picking up my siblings from from university and kind of just seeing the campus and seeing it all happen is like my first introduction my siblings going to Carleton is like okay what is all this about what is university all about I was quite young I, I've, I've, I'm one of six and I'm I'm number five so so quite a few of them had kind of gone through the this experience but the other one that's that's a funny memory is I don't, I don't know how many people at Carleton currently know this but Michael Jordan's son at one point came to play at Carleton <laughs> There was an exhibition match when he was in university and I came with my older brother to come and watch the game. And we came to Carlton, we took the O train, like we did the whole thing, you know, public transportation got there and, and watched in, in kind of the Raven's nest at the gym that we have and, uh, and had a, had a basketball experience. And then some of the Carlton Ravens came out and they, well, they, they were playing. Right. So, so my love of basketball growing up kind of, dove into wall carlton's the better basketball school there was there was, all, yeah, there, was the, there was these like random facts that like didn't really add up but when it came to actually having to make a decision in grade 12 i was in ottawa i went to colonel by and uh and i, I started looking at a few different schools right i was looking at miguel I was looking at uft i was looking at ottawa u i was looking at carlton just kind of looking at all the different options based on programs in this and and i think the story is not an uncommon story but i think the story came to the fact that when i visited the campuses Carlton just felt different. I think that is the, you know, at the end of the day, that 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 was the piece that really held on to me. I'd visit the campus and there was either the beautiful greenery or the way the buildings were set up or the, the form of community. Community is a big part of my life, a big part of me growing up. I, you know, my personal story around searching for community and, and as a family that left our country looking for a new place we could call home and, and finding Canada in 1998, that, that community piece was always big to us. And so I don't know what it was, but it was it was it was those community pieces that you could feel. It was knowing that my siblings had gone there before and a number of friends that was going there. We were choosing between the different universities and it was at home. I uh, had realized that it was important for me to not actually venture off to a new city at this age. You know, for some people, that's what they need at that age, university, venture off a new city. For me, I still needed to be close to home. There was still some stuff that was important to me. So a few of those pieces really made it fit. Uh, the basketball made it fit. The siblings made it fit. And I think just the community vibe really, I think, was 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 my final you know moment for it uh, that, that made me choose Carlton. You're kind of like Thanos where you're collecting all of these rings to help decide. You know, a lot of <laughs> folks will think, well, just because of basketball, I'll go. Or I had a, a sibling that went, I'll go. Or it's local, I'll go. But you did all of these things to, to really kind of form and morph into like the right uh, production for you. And I, I'm curious because, you know, I, I like movies a lot. I, I'm a big movie buff. And I want you to imagine your time at Carlton as a big movie production. You know, it's blockbuster season. You're working at Marvel. You're making this movie about your time at Carlton. H how do you tell that story? You know, and who do you think would be the protagonist, the antagonist? What are the ups and downs? Describe. Make, here's your studio pitch. Pitch me, Fahad, the Carlton student, <laughs> in two minutes or less. That's hilarious. That's that's good. 
so 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 I think I'm I, I got a little bit of recency bias, but have you have you have you have you seen the 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 play Hamilton about Alexander Hamilton? Oh, I saw it in New York City this past November. So yes, yeah, yeah, I am familiar. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so absolutely love the story. I've 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 watched it, I've seen it. I I I'm going through Alexander Hamilton's biography, like the the full written text. It's huge, um, just to 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 know the ins and outs of that story. And and I think there's so many of it that so much of it that speaks to me. The 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 crazy slight ambition that Alexander has, the 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 immigrant that comes to a new place and is trying to make a name for himself. And so 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 part of that story really speaks to me personally from from a lot of different perspectives. But the 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 producer of the play, who's also plays Alexander Hamilton, I believe Emmanuel. What's it? What's his? Uh, Lin-Manuel. Yeah, Lin-Manuel. Yes. Lin-Manuel. Yes. So I, I'm going to let him play protagonist. I just, I feel like he's <laughs> fun. He's, he's got an attitude to him. I feel like <laughs> I'm going to have fun with that. You know, I'm going to, so, so I say like, I, I came to Carlton and, and, and it was interesting because it was like, okay, so my siblings had gone here. So I have this kind of like roots, like, okay, this is, this is my, I'm from Ottawa. This is my university. There was this sense of, you know, this is this is my community. I can I can stop. But I also had this I had this ambition. Like I I went to Carleton to study political science and economics, and I was super involved in my high school. I was student president in my high school. I was super involved with local community, doing charity work, and involved in like municipal uh, civic action. We developed a civic actions program for high school students, and so I was all about really creating impact and creating change in your community. So it was like a big part of my my core identity going into university. And so I'm going into university and I'm like, I want to like get super involved. How do I do this? And and, and how do I make something of it? So I have this kind of ambitious desire to get involved. And I, I, I actually tell the story often. I was in Frosh Week first week and I'm, you know, getting involved, getting to learn all this different stuff. And I asked one of the people involved in the President's Student Union, uh, and and he, I was like, oh, how did you get involved? Like, what? How do you? And he's like, yeah, you should you should consider going Greek. And I was like, I'm confused. I'm Arab. How would I become Greek? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> which is which is maybe a nuanced conversation, and maybe not. You know, it, it, it's a it's an interesting. There was so much learning that happens in in that first year, and I think for me, a lot of the story is about learning to kind of find a place where I can have impact in my university journey, where my university journey was not just about academics, but that I was learning, but that I was also building a group of friends and, and a group of team members who we could work with and have an impact in what we do. Uh, I wanted to find a way to make my university experience better. And ultimately, I, I, I wanted to really uh, get involved in the student union. And, and I did. And, and it was it was crazy. And it was a messy. And it was, I think, you know, there's an old saying that student politics is the the stakes are the lowest so people are the harshest like it's like mm. you know it's like, you know and 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 so that's why i think uh that would be the best protagonist someone who's kind of this upstart trying to make a name for themselves trying to build a lesson trying to figure out life throughout university joining the kind of political realm of university and getting caught up in the messiness but coming out better for it and coming out proud of the kind of work that we did at the university and it being the launch for everything that came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, you've really been able to capture in a few minutes what 
what this season was all about, season three of, of our podcast, which was really helping students understand that they are telling the story and that they are that protagonist, you know, and they are at the at the forefront of that story, of that journey. And every step of the way, there are ways of assembling a team that can, you know, support, help, shift, sh change, shape all the different things that they're going to be able to uh, to accomplish uh, as a student. And, you know, you you are quite the storyteller, Baha'i. That's something that you've been able to help our team with uh, through training, which we're forever grateful for. I want to know more about Unicorn Labs. Tell us what that's all about and tell us why you think it's super important to tell stories, whether you are a professional, whether you're a student, whether you're in a relationship, no matter what you're doing in life, why is storytelling at the core of all we do? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Let's let's tackle that on and we'll save Unicorn Labs for a bit after. I think we use the word storytelling often in society and we all love stories. And we say, oh, storytelling is important. Storytelling is fun. But at the end of the day, storytelling is a mental model for understanding information. The reason we like stories and they're so effective is that human civilization evolved around oral history. The only way for a, a hunter-gatherer group to, to survive the next generation was for the generation before to tell a story of how to hunt, to tell the story of how to gather materials, how to take care of each other. We are storytelling beings. We give each other narratives and ways of seeing the world and acting and the way we tell a story is a mental model of how your brain stores information. That's why it's so effective. That's why it's so refined. That's why Joseph Campbell writes that the hero of a thousand you know, faces, because it's the same story that we tell over and over again. There's a goal that I want to accomplish. There are problems that get in the way of me accomplishing that. There's a group of people that I need to assemble in a team and mentor that needs to help me get there. There are problems, even when I face that, that get worse and worse and worse until there's a moment where I see the light and it can come together. And it's as if it's this story that we tell all people in the world to say, you're going to have a goal in your life and you should have a name. But when you have that aim, you're going to have problems because as soon as you have a name, there are things in the way and you're not going to do it alone because if you think you're going to do it alone, you're going to fail. You need people together to actually make it happen. And at some point, those people together, there's like a mentor, there's this old wise person or this ghost that comes and tells you a few secrets. You need to go get educated. You need to find some mentors. You need to find people who've done it before. And if you're willing to stick through all of the pain, there's a climax at the end. There's a moment where you do get what you want. That, that's why stories are so powerful because they give us that hope. And I think when we learn to tell our own story, what happens is two interesting things. It becomes something you're willing to craft. So I think there's a, in our society, there's a view, in Western society, there's a view that we have to go and search for ourselves. And the idea of searching for oneself often leads people you know, traveling, looking, trying new things. And I think that's all important. But I think I want to shift the word search to kind of craft and create yourself, create and recreate what your story means. Because whatever story you tell will be true. Mm -hmm. that, that's the powerful part. Our brains are, are beautiful. They win at whatever it is they want. I, I, I saw this hilarious DJ Khaled moment on Instagram and someone was asking him, DJ Khaled, why don't you ever lose weight because he and he says because i win i don't lose <laughs> <laughs> and, and i mean it's hilarious but to me it just says like 
we win at whatever we do. We win at whatever story we tell ourselves. That's why stories are so powerful. When we tell ourselves a story of I'm not good at school, I'm not popular, I'm not going to get involved, that story only becomes true. When we tell ourselves a story about our our, 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 our friends, a story about relationships, I'm not good at relationships, I'm not good at this, I don't know how to, then it becomes true. And I think that's why, you know, your episodes here are so important, Stanley, because Stories are not just powerful in the people say, oh yeah, it's good to learn to market yourself. Learn to tell your story so you can market yourself to get a job. That's not, that's not really it. The story you tell yourself in your mind will shape the relationships and the life that you live and that you create. And instead of searching for that story, create that story. Now you're going to have to experience many things in order to do that. But I think it's, it's, it's kind of like a fossil that you uncover. You're going to need to dig. So you're going to need to do some searching, but at the same time, you're going to have a lot of different pieces that you're going to have to put together to recreate the image that is the life of Stanley, the life of fat and the life that you want to live. And I think I got good at that earlier on. I mean, I mean, my father gave me, um, uh, Dale Carnegie's books on how to win friends, influence people like a whole series in like grade nine and 10. So I was into this, like, okay, personal development, what does this mean? How does this work? But this idea that we have self-agency, the idea that we have self-agency was ingrained in me in high school. And so when I came in university, I had this clear view of, I can create the university experience I want. It's not determined by my professors or whatever the school offers, it's determined by the choices that I make. And in, in having that, I was able to communicate that story and then create a group of friends who were like, yeah, I'm down for that. Let's create our own experience. And then thus, then you have a group of people who believe in what you believe. And that's how you create good friendships because you have alignment around like what you want to do and what you, you spend time together and you go through things together. And, and I remember I told my friends, I, I really want to get more into entrepreneurship. They're like, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I'm going to go find a friend who's already doing entrepreneurship. Because if there's someone already speaking that language and is telling themselves that story, then I can join their story and I can learn from their story. And so I think that's why storytelling becomes important. It first helps reshape your life and then it helps shape the lives of people around you. It allows you to be that leader. It allows you to have that voice. It allows you to have that self-agency. And I think that's what made me effective at the student union was that eventually I learned to tell the story of what I thought we could do as students to make the university better. And I just told that story over and over and over again. And enough people said, I believe in that story and I like his characteristics and I want to join that story. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you go with it and that's, and then, you know, it's, Unicorn Labs came as a child of, of what was before it, which was, we were running leadership programs for high school students and university students after university around finding your voice, around taking civic action, around finding a problem in your community that you care about and doing something about it because true education happens when we're able to apply those lessons. And uh, most I learned in university was when I was able to take some of the stuff that I was learning in university, but apply it you know, immediately within my clubs, my societies, my student union, my friends, our sports, you know, all of the different stuff that, that we had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, there, well, there's, thank you for that, because there's a lot, and I, I hope that when people listen to this, they press that rewind button and, and re-listen to that whole segment, because you touched on exactly what we're hoping students will do, which is take ownership of that story, because the story is being told. And a lot of times what we see is that students are listening to other people tell the story that they are required to play out mm. and remove their ability to actually create that story and recreate and reimagine. And, yeah. 
And it's why we we had an episode called Passionate Pursuits. And we're like, we really want people to think about this journey through a passionate lens. Because like you say, if you care about something, you're more likely to invest time in it. And you're more likely to actually have ownership and be proud of that outcome versus doing what somebody else tells you to do. Well, then you're like, that's checking the box. Yeah. And then you, yeah. you might move on quickly to the next thing. And all of a sudden, this investment, financial time or otherwise becomes wasted, right? So so yeah, this was really, really great. I mean, we could we could literally like end the episode here and, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. But I have a few more questions I want to ask you. And this one's kind of a controversial one, I think, because it's because people have different personalities and and all personality types are are awesome and they contribute in so many ways. But I want you to kind of give me your preference. Okay. So if it is is it better for people to stick to a life script? Or just try to kind of wing their way through life and improvise their way through the different challenges. What pathway would you, and it's like a 5149 thing, but which <laughs> one would you be like, yeah, that's that's probably what I would recommend somebody. Yeah. I'm gonna be that guy. I, I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play with your question a little bit mm-hmm. because I think the time and the phase you are in life is gonna require one over the other. So there's there's a there's a great book called The Computer Science of Human Decision Making, and it talks about this problem, which is the ex- explore slash exploit problem. When do you explore something new, go with the flow, like spend or exploit the thing that you already know is going to work for you, right? The mm. explore explore exploit model, right? So they say, suddenly, if you're living in Ottawa, you've been living here for a while, and you want to go out for dinner, you should explore been here you've been around you know you know what your favorite place is but you should try something new because you have time on your side so you explore the exploit model says that if you're visiting vancouver and or you're you're in ottawa and you're leaving you know you're leaving for like a few years you're not coming back they say no 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 you go to your favorite spot now you exploit because you got time is not on your side you don't have time to explore because you're taking a risk what if you try something bad that's the, the risk with exploration is what if you go and you try something and it's horrible food. You're like, I wasted dinner and I could have went to my favorite place. And this is the constant kind of piece that we're all playing with. When do I explore something new and take on the risk of maybe doing something that I don't like or exploiting something and, and sticking to it? So when is it, do I plan and stick to the life script or do I go with the flow kind of piece? And I think one of the, the pieces of it is, is time. Where are you in your time? And this is why you have influencers like Gary Vee who spend all their messages on Instagram telling young people, you have time. Because what he's saying is that you're in your explore phase. You could, you could try everything for a decade and still then have time to stick and create. That's how much time you have. When time is on your side, you should explore, not perfectly exploit. I'll also tell you the reverse. I, I had a friend who didn't go to university, but knew exactly, actually Ryan Holiday, famous author, well-known today, wrote a lot about the Stoics. I think he's like 26, 27 years old, young guy. He left school to pursue an opportunity with Robert Greene, who wrote 48 Laws of Power, so on and so forth, all, all the mastery. And he has created it for himself an, a, 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 as an author, a world-renowned author that he would have never had otherwise had he gone to school because of the apprenticeship he had with Robert Greene. So he chose an exploit opportunity and skipped the exploration because he kind of knew what he wanted. When we really, really know what we want and we have this exploit, then you stick to the life script and you can really, really exploit it. But I think those are far few in between. And what I found is that those who really knew what they wanted at 18, 19, when it comes to about 33, 34, 35, they start questioning and say, okay, well now I actually want to go back to an explore phase. 
mm-hmm. because I've done this now for a decade and a half and, and I'm ready to explore. And so I think we're all constantly in this like divergent explore, convergent, exp- you know, diverge, converge, diverge, converge. And I think based on your question, I think when people are in university, they should explore. They should try different programs. Like you, you, you don't know what your passion is. Passion develops as a pursuit of doing something over time. You're not going to just know. It's like reading about what a banana tastes like. It, you know, like mm, you know, it don't work. Mm, the potassium tastes great. Well, a good, friend, a good, a good friend of mine who was with us at the student union, Zamir Majid, he bought a book on how to swim. I make fun of him to this day. To get in the water, like get, go learn, get in the water, swim. You, you, uh, often education can fall into that trap. And I know our universities are working hard and creating exponential learning opportunities and co-op opportunities and all that. And so I respect that. But I think e- education falls into the trap about reading about how to work out and reading about how to swim versus going and swimming. And I think that's the key piece here is go and try the political science degree, get a policy job, get at this, go and try the nutrition degree, go and try, you know, being in a lab, what that looks like, what that feels and, and see what feels right. What, what engages you, what interests you passion develops over time through exploration, then you can exploit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I watched interstellar for like the 10th time this weekend because it's just my favorite movie. Such a good movie. It's right so good and and what you just by answering that question beautifully uh y- you made me think about interstellar because of time. And mm. in many ways that concept of exploiting and exploring like you said when you get to university explore and the reason why you go to university or you attend a post secondary institution is to exploit the time that's available to you. Almost like you're stretching that time out and it gives you that opportunity to now explore in this like wormhole that, that is post-secondary, yeah. right? You know, so you don't it's... get you don't get a chance to explore like that anywhere else. Once you finish university, everyone's expecting you to like, hey, go like do a thing, start making money, contribute, like you know, and you can explore a few different jobs, but it's not the same way. You're totally right. There's no, there's no nothing like university in terms of social mm-hmm. groups, in terms of people that you meet, in terms of the different activities. You can just join a club. You want to try skiing, snowboarding? You want to ski, snowboarding? Like, you want to try a debate club? Like, there's just something for everyone. It's so much harder once you go out. I, I love that. I, sorry, I jumped in there. but No, no, it's good. Totally right. And you know, what's also interesting is that like, what you describe exactly, right? Like, it's a very unique window in your life. And when you're in university, you are doing the exploitation, right? You're exploiting your professor. Hopefully we're doing it right. You're exploiting your professors, your, the resources that are there, the knowledge that's available to be acquired, the experiences you can tap into. The second you leave university, in many ways, you become exploited. Mm. They, people want to use you for your talents, for your skill set, for your knowledge, for your, yeah. your network. So there's yeah. a, also a safety net in that exploration during university in that you're not really getting exploited to the degree yeah. that will happen over the course of your life, which is, like you said, it's a, it's a normal transaction that that occurs a gazillion times a day, right? Yes, yes, so yes. Yeah. And I fundamentally believe there's a great quote, you can either spend your life building someone else's dream because someone will hire you to build their dream or you can, or you can spend your life building yours. And it doesn't mean that you have to be an entrepreneur. Like that's not, but it's like, are you, are, are you building your dream? Are you working towards your dream is either in the job that you're doing or outside the job? And if you're not, someone's going to hire you to build theirs uh, mm. because you're going to need money and, and, and you're going to, you're going to find that way. So I think like, I think it is about during university time, it's about 
exploring the dreams. What are the many dreams I want? And, and how are the different paths that I can get there? Um, and, and, you know, I love that exploiting the professors. I, I feel like I didn't do that enough, to be honest, reflecting back. I feel like I wish I spent more time with certain key professors that really interested me. And, and I, I think I always felt shy. You feel like, uh, as a professor, you're in class. Like, do I go to the, you know, the question of time where they have for us and I ask them questions or should I only ask them questions about the material? And like, I think to any student that's hearing this, you're going to have those same kind of doubts and fears. And I think just lean into it. Like good professors will give you time and, and mentorship relationships only happen. They happen naturally once you both click about a subject and you talk about it over time, it's not, it's, you know, there are mentorship programs that are more formal, but the really good ones, they happen organically because the two of you talked about an interesting thing and you have a perspective and, and that really made a difference. The mentors I had in my life, luckily I had mentors outside of university and they made all the difference, right? They, they made all the conversations I had. So. It's all about the conversation. And I, I really loved ours today. Fahad, thank you so much for your time and for your phenomenal insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Stanley. I appreciate it and enjoy. Best of luck. Thank you, Stanley. And we'll be back with more of the Talking Radio. Big shout to Fahad for the conversation, the inspiration, and most importantly, the stories. Now, I had so much fun with this bonus episode that I think it's only right that we do another one. So look out for a special convocation-themed episode coming your way in a few short weeks. We're going to be showcasing some of our grads. And for many of you listening, you are also graduating from high school in a few weeks. And I got to say, big congratulations to all of you are taking this major step. It is such a huge accomplishment, one that deserves to be celebrated. So no matter where you are, no matter what you do next, congratulations, well done. And of course, best of luck. Until next time, this has been The Talking Raven. My name is Stanley Philippe. And remember, you have a lot of greatness inside of you. So don't be afraid to unleash your inner awesome. Take care, y'all. 